This is my main point for tonight. With everything that God has done for us, and we just read the scripture, with everything that God has done for us, why are we not jumping out of our seats to obey the instructions that Paul gave us? Like, I don't know about you, Paul laid it out pretty simply for us. And it's, to me, it's clear that God sacrificed a lot so we didn't have to. So I'd never want to take that lightly. And on top of that, why would I ever want to, to disobey what Paul is writing? If I sent my son to die for a bunch of people, I would hope they would obey me. Don't take the love of God, don't take the love of Jesus for granted because we didn't deserve it. Why on earth are we not jumping out of our seats to go above and beyond and do even more than what Paul's telling us? I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. If we sing this song, there's no one beside you, Lord, honor and praise to you forever. If we sing that over and over, why are we, not, why are we living like there's many, so many other options? If we sing all these Elevation, all these Hillsong, all these Bethel songs that are proclaiming Jesus, and why after we're done singing do we act like there's other options that, that could help us get somewhere? There's no one beside Jesus. There's no one besides our Heavenly Father, but we act like it. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thank you guys for joining us. We are wrapping up our series on simple looking at the book of Colossians, written from Paul. And if you missed any of the series, we encourage you guys to go back, take a listen, and uh, let us know how it is impacting your life. So make sure you grab your Bible, something to write with, and let's get going. How are you guys doing? I already asked you that, but you can be good more than once, right? You turn to your neighbor and say, you look good. Don't be inappropriate. Turn to your neighbor and say, in a holy way, you look good. Yeah, okay. Corey, you look good. Corey looks good. It, you don't have to say, aw, it's just the truth. It's not like I'm saying something that's made up. Okay. What? We are, who remembers what we were in last week? You guys remember last week we are in Galatians chapter 1? We're going to embark on our third part of our sermon series titled Simple. Who knows that the love for Jesus has for us is very simple? Can you raise your hand? Oh, one person. Okay, we're going to find out tonight then. Two weeks ago, we talked about Zacchaeus in that he was a tax collector. For those of you that weren't here, we dived into that story. And the main, the main point of it was the fact that Zacchaeus was a man who lived a sinful life. He wasn't one that many people liked, but he had the humi enough humility to realize that and to realize he needed Jesus, the simple saving grace that Jesus has. Then last week we talked about in Galatians chapter 1 how Paul instructs us to, to realize that there's only one good news. Can you say one good news? There's one good news, and that good news is Jesus. There's not three or four other options, or else the Bible would have told us. There's one good news of Jesus. So in this series we've been talking about how, how, how this Christian walk looks, how it looks to to, to live for Jesus and to be closer to him. And tonight, I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped for tonight. We're going to answer the big question that everybody has. Well, we're not going to. Paul's going to answer it. But everybody wants the answer to this. How do we abstain from sin? Let's set the course. We're all, let's assume in here that we're all 
um, Jesus followers. If you're not, I'm really happy you're here. I'm excited to get to know you. You're going to have the opportunity to meet him today. But let's just assume for, for um, theoretical sake that all of us are Jesus followers in here, and we all have this question, how do we abstain from sin? We wouldn't have the question if it was easy to do, right? So we're going to dive into Colossians chapter 3 today, where Paul literally lays out the roadmap for how to do this. And when I say not only abstain from when he not say when I say to abstain from sin, I'm not saying just that, but how do we also represent Jesus well? That's a and also. How do we abstain from the sinful world, but also represent um, our heavenly Father God and our His Son Jesus well? How are we supposed to live on this fallen earth for Christ? These are all questions that we're going to answer. And what is the most effective way to represent Jesus? If you guys are distracted, I pre, I'm pre, I pray every day that you guys don't be because I don't want you to miss this roadmap, this teaching that Paul has for us. How do we emulate the simple love for Christ that he has for us? How do we emulate that in our social circles? How do we act like Jesus to others that don't know him? So like I said, we're going to dive into Colossians chapter 3. For those of you that don't know, I love the teachings of Paul. Um, he's amazing. He's amazing. His story is unreal, more unreal than any of ours in here. Um, but Paul answers these questions for us, for us. He doesn't just answer them, but he tells us how to go about answering them and equipping us to do so. He, he lays out clearly and simply a roadmap that dire directs us closer to Jesus and closer to our Heavenly Father. Have you guys ever been in situations, for those of you that can drive, for, have you ever been in a situation where you're driving and it's like a common drive that you make every single day? Every single day I drive here to church and every once in a while, if I'm on a road and Corey's like, actually go here first, I sometimes randomly end up here anyways. You know what I'm talking about? You're trying to go somewhere, but you're so used to the drive that you get off course where you're supposed to go and you just go to somewhere else. That's like a little bit, a little bit of a detour. So Paul in this situation is going to say, hey, Spencer, get back on course. This is a roadmap you need to, to follow. And I'm excited for, for the way he does it tonight. In Colossians chapter 3, just a little bit of context, he's speaking to the church of Colossae. Can you say Colossae? That's where Colossians comes from. So he's, he's writing a series of letters to the church of Colossae to be able to further equip them on how to follow Jesus and how to do so effectively. Also, how to fight off the evil pressures of our world because how many of us know that there, the, the world was evil then and it still is now today? Also, I want to set the stage before we dive into it. Paul is a very credible source. So everything that this word says, everything that Paul says is credible, not only because the Bible is God-breathed, but I've seen, along with many of you others in this series that we've been in, that Paul has walked through a lot, and it's not by accident. God has ordained his footsteps. So, if you want to turn your Bibles with me, who has their Bible, I ask it every week. Who has their Bible, turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. I need to catch my breath. That's why I have water up here. Get, flip to verse 1. I'll give you a little bit of time. The title of Colossians chapter 3 in the New Living Translation is Living the New Life. That by itself is fire. Okay, we're going to start in verse 1. Everybody follow along with me. We're going to read 16 verses, and then we're going to unpack it together, all right? Sound good? Here we go, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, you will share in all of his glory. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. 
have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping to the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Catch that. You used to do these things. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Do not lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature, and it is all wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. I don't know about you, but that verse addresses very well the tension that we have in culture today. Verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Here we go, almost done. Let the message of, about Jesus in its, all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts, just like we were doing. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks through him, God, give thanks through him to God the Father. Breathe a little bit. I need to breathe. That was, Paul is the best. Paul is the best. That was a lot of scripture that I just threw at you. I fire hosed you with it. But every single word in there was ordained by God and a roadmap for us to follow. If you're new to Christianity, if, you, if you're new to church, if you're new to life and, you don't, and you're kind of lost, this is a perfect place for you to start instruction-wise. I have three or four main things that I pulled out of that when I was getting rocked by this passage the first is the fact that at the very beginning, Paul said, you died to your old life, and your new one is in Christ. How many of us know that when, when we accept Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we put on a new life, or we're actually resurrected through Jesus, and the life that we lived before is no longer, it's dead. I would encourage you, just as I encouraged myself when I was reading this, don't ever forget that truth. Don't ever forget the fact that, that your new life is new and your old is gone. Remind yourself daily that it's gone and leave it behind. Don't just say, okay, yeah, I'm a better person now. Leave that old life that you used to live behind you because your new life with Jesus is going to be far better. Secondly, did you hear what he said? Go back to verse, I should have written it down. Go back to verse 12. He says, Abstain from sexual immorality, impurity, lust, or evil desires. That covers a wide spectrum. That's not just like, here we go. If God can't take love down, or sorry, I messed that up. If the enemy, the devil, if the enemy cannot take God down, which he can't because God is the most powerful being, powerful being in our universe. If Satan could not take God down, the next thing he would take is the most important thing, which is love. How many of you know that, that love is probably the number one thing that has been corrupted in our world? Love is not how it's meant to be. Love on earth is not the way Jesus meant it. But that's purposeful by the devil because he knew that would separate us and prevent us from being unity. 
It would, he knew that it would ruin marriages and relationships and friendships. Love has been completely perverted in our day and age, and that's not by accident. So remember that. Remember that Paul says, abstain from sexual immorality, impurity, lust, or evil desires. And the reason he tells us that is because love is powerful. Love is supposed to be perfect and holy, and it's not anymore. Thirdly, this is good. Clothe yourself in the things of Jesus. When, how many, when you guys are getting dressed in the morning, it's an actual action, right? You don't just wake up and you're already clothed unless you sleep with the stuff you're going to wear and wear the next day. You don't wake up and be clothed in your clothing. You have to actually put clothes on. You have to either put this jacket on this morning, this shirt. That's an actual action. So that's no different than clothing yourselves in the thing of Jesus. Just because when I was a little boy and I accepted Jesus to, into my life, at that moment when I said the sinner's prayer and said amen, in theory, I was, I mean, yes, I had Jesus and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit within me, but my actual actions, unless I actually proved and made myself change, they weren't going to be any different. I have to, just like we all do, we have to continue every single day clothing ourselves with the thing of Jesus, because if not, we're just going to be still sinners, human flesh, and we're going to be fallen people. So remember that clothing yourselves with holy things is an actual action. It's not just something that comes. Fourthly, let the message of Jesus fill your life. And when I say fill, I don't mean partially, like this is a partially full water bottle. Let the message of Jesus fill your water bottle all the way till it overflows and reaches other people. That's what Paul meant. Fill yourself with Jesus so you can't help but overflow. Let, let the message of Jesus overflow and it's going to reach people all around you. This is what I got. This is what, kind of my takeaway from this scripture. Paul had three themes. At the very beginning, he talked about remembering what, Jesus has, what God has done for us. And then he went into, don't do these things. And then he said, do these things to be better. Remember, don't, and do. Remember what God did so you make sure you're living. Remember what God did so you need to make sure you're living like you're remembering that. Remember that God sent his son, his only son, to this earth, Jesus, to die for us and to save each and every single one of us. Remember that. That's important. I don't take that lightly. I really hope you don't either. Don't do these evil things of this world. Don't take part in sexual immorality. Don't take part in impurity because it's all around us. None of us are going to argue that. It's all around us. Don't do these evil things. Do these righteous things. Clothe yourselves in Scripture. Clothe yourself in Jesus. Pray every day. It's very simple. Remember, don't, and do. This is my main point for tonight. With everything that God has done for us, and we just read the scripture, with everything that God has done for us, why are we not jumping out of our seats to obey the instructions that Paul gave us? Like, I don't know about you, Paul laid it out pretty simply for us. And it's, to me, it's clear that God sacrificed a lot so we didn't have to. So I'd never want to take that lightly. And on top of that, why would I ever want to, to disobey what Paul is writing? If I sent my son to die for a bunch of people, I would hope they would obey me. Don't take the love of God, don't take the love of Jesus for granted because we didn't deserve it. Why on earth are we not jumping out of our seats to go above and beyond and do even more than what Paul's telling us? I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. If we sing this song, there's no one beside you, Lord, honor and praise to you forever. If we sing that over and over, why are we, not, why are we living like there's many, so many other options? 
if we sing all these Elevation, all these Hillsong, all these Bethel songs that are proclaiming Jesus, and why after we're done singing do we act like there's other options that, that could help us get somewhere? There's no one beside Jesus. There's no one besides our Heavenly Father, but we act like it. I'm going to go there. I'm sorry. I'm talking to myself tonight. It's so easy for us to take the love of God for granted. How disrespectful is that? How disrespectful is that? And hear me on this. I'm talking to myself way before I'm talking to you guys. Remember constantly, soak in God's word daily to we, where we never forget what he did for us. Just as Paul is telling us to do. Think of heaven, not of earth. If we're all being honest in here, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but think about this. I'm asking you a question. Think about it a little bit. If you're being honest with yourself, out of the 24 hours you have in a day, how many of those hours are you spending actually thinking about heaven? How many? Not very many for me. If I know I'm going to be with heaven, if, I'm going, if I know I'm going to go be with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in heaven, I should be thinking about that constantly. That should be my only desire. And instead, I let, we let all these things creep in front of us. All these sexual immoralities, all these impurities, all these things that Paul says us to abstain from, they get, we get clouded. If I know I'm a saved person, if Jesus saved me, why am I not focusing on heaven constantly? That's the only place I want to be. Think of heaven, not of earth. Fill 24 hours out of, of your day thinking of holy things. And the only way to do that is to soak yourself in this book. The only way to do that is to surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up, not tear you down. The only way to do that is to pray constantly. My prayers every day may not be out loud every single time, but there's situations where I walk into a, a grocery store and I can see a person that I know is struggling and I'm just praying in my head, God, help me to reach this person. Holy Spirit, help me to have the words to reach this person. And if you're distracted right now, that's the enemy trying to throw all these things in front of what your Savior is trying to tell you. I'm not going to pull any punches, I'm sorry. Because God didn't. God sent his son for you. Dwell in heavenly thoughts. Soak in heavenly thoughts. Like actually think about the fact that one day we're going to be rejoicing in heaven forever. We get to leave this world. Not, don't forget that heaven is going to be perfect. A lot of us may be like, well, I got it pretty good here. Even if you do, it's not even close to what heaven's going to be like. Paul said, separate from your old self and realize that your new life is in Jesus. How many of us, this is a rhetorical question, how many of us accept Jesus into our heart but still live like he wasn't? And you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to answer me, but it's so easy to be like, yeah, Jesus, I really need you, but not in these aspects. Like, I still got that on my own. When we accept Jesus to be our Savior, our old life, all of it should be gone. It should be no more. We should run from it. We should want nothing to do with who we were before we knew Jesus. Even if you were a really good person, a lot of us, a lot of you in here are great people but the moment you accepted Jesus, you are set apart. You're set apart for things of heaven, not for this world. And I love how Paul tells us how to do all of this. 
it can be so easy for a lot of us, and even myself, when, when God was rocking me when I was reading this, I was like, well, my life's pretty good. Like, I got it. I don't need, like, God to intervene in these situations. You can be telling, you're thinking this in your head right now. My life's, my life's pretty good. Like, I don't have to be that set apart because I still got good friends. All my homies are here. I don't have to be that set apart for Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. We're not called the pretty good. When I order a steak at uh, Morton Steakhouse, I don't know if you've been there, that place is legit. When I order a steak at Morton Steakhouse, I'm not, when someone says, how was your steak? I'm not saying pretty good. No, that steak was fire. Wouldn't you want to be called to that fire steak all the time? We're not called to an average steak. God doesn't give us average steaks. God gives us his best every single time, and he always will. So don't give me the, oh, my life's pretty good already. You want to, you want to desire, I encourage you to desire the best that God has for you every single day because he gave you his best, so why aren't you giving you him his, why aren't you giving him yours? And like I said, I'm just going to go for it. If God was willing enough to give you his son to save you from this world that we live on, why are you still a part of it? And I know what you're saying. I live here like I'm, I'm not going to go to heaven yet. Like he's still. We, no matter. Oh, man. If you're living for Jesus and you know you're set apart for him and you have nothing to do with this world, you don't have to listen to my next bit. But if you've accepted Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, the person you're going to follow everywhere you go, and you're still living like you don't, if you're still at a party on a Friday night or a Saturday night, if you're still involving yourselves in relationships or putting yourself in situations that you know you shouldn't be in, if you're saying whatever you, are, whatever you want around whoever you so please, whether it be without saying it on Wednesday or Sunday, like that's still living as part of this world. But we're not called to pretty good. We're not called to be a part of this world. We're called to live set apart. Someone should walk up to you like, none of us are going to do it right. Like none of us are going to do it perfect. Like let's just set that record straight. I'm not going to do it perfect. You're not going to do it perfect. Only Jesus lived perfectly. But if you're doing your absolute best to live just as Jesus did, Someone should walk up to you and sense heaven right away. And I'm guilty of this, just as we all are. But how awesome would it be to be like, to meet someone new and be like, wow, that person says to you, you remind me of heaven a lot. That's what we should desire. We should desire heaven. We should desire holy things. I don't really care about what your favorite alcohol is. And I'm sorry I'm calling you out. You guys all moaned because you were like, oh, he went there. It was me. Imagine how much more of an impact you would have in your, in your influential circles if you disciplined yourself to live a, model, live a life modeled after heaven. And I'm the first to say, I felt like growing up, I was a pretty influential person. Like, I felt like people would listen to me. I kind of got what I wanted. But I wasn't living a life modeled after heaven. I wasn't living a life modeled after Jesus. And I kick myself every single day. But because imagine how much more influence I could have had 
if I follow Jesus, an influence for Jesus, not for popularity. Like, don't desire popularity. But I always think about, Spencer, how much more influence could you have had if you lived for Jesus? How many more people could you have saved? Isn't that what you want to desire? Isn't that the goal, to, to win people from a saved world? That's why I'm up here. I'm up here not, I hate speaking to you guys. It makes me so nervous. That's why I talk so fast. But the reason I'm up here is to save people. And it's not me that's saving them. It's Jesus that's saving them. But it's my duty. It's my, I carry the burden, the responsibility, knowing that some of you may not hear it. Some of you may not be challenged enough to know that Jesus loves you. Some of you may not be called to another level to know that you're called to better. So I'm just being obedient to what I feel God has told me to do, and that's to share the good news to you guys. And sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's me last week almost passing out up here because I had such a bad headache. But I'm still going to be obedient, and I'm not saying I'm doing it perfect. But the more we walk in God's plan, the more we walk in alignment with what his will is for our life, imagine the influence that we could bring to his kingdom. I, talk, I was talking to my brother the other day, and I was like, Sam, it would be so cool to see your football team just all on fire for Jesus. Like, kid, Think about the kid in, the high school, in your high school or middle school that you're like, that person's way too far gone. Like, They're up to no good. What if that person came to know the Lord? That's what our desire should be. Our desire should be to see heaven full. If you were at youth convention a few weeks ago, Micah McDonald, one of the guest speakers, his message was saying hell, I think it was to make hell lose another one. I want hell empty by the time we leave this earth. I don't know about you. I want hell completely empty. And I believe the only way to do that is to call each and every single one of us to live a life that's as far away from hell as possible. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up and even still today, I know when I'm doing something sinful. Like you can get into arguments like, is this sin? Like, is that actually sin? You know in your spirit if it's sin or not. There's no arguing. So flee from those feelings. You know, the Holy Spirit is inside of each and every single one of us to discern, to know when to run. To know the Holy Spirit is inside of me to say, Spencer, you're getting pretty close to how you used to be. Get away. And that, that voice in your head, it's not by accident. That should be a signal to run. Run from your old self and pursue your new every single day. Worship team, I'm going to invite you to come up. I go way too long every week. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to picture Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Picture him sitting right next to God. And the Holy Spirit's on the other side. It's like the Trinity, you know. I loved how Jeff Grinnell articulated that at youth convention. But there's God, the Holy Spirit, and you're picturing Jesus. A picture all three of them looking down on us right now in this moment. Picture them all looking down on you, watching every step you take, watching every decision you make, whether it be good or bad. Your natural response is fear, right? Like, oh man, that's scary. That should put a fear in you. That puts a fear in me to know that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are watching me every single move I make. And yes, they're powerful enough to watch the seven billion people on this earth all at once. That should put a fear in you. It does for me. But hear me. It's not a negative fear. It's a reverent fear. 
for the Lord. You should walk around in a reverent fear for the Lord. If you don't know what reverent means, it means a respectful, an honoring. You should walk around in an honoring fear for the Lord because God gave your, him, God gave you everything. God had his son die so you didn't have to. And with that, if, that, if that's all he did, that would be enough. There's nothing else that we deserve. We didn't even deserve that, but if that's all he did, that would be enough, more than enough. But he continues to be faithful in our lives. And with that one thing, let's just say that's all he did. But he did more, but let's just say that's all he did. He just sent his son Jesus to die. With that alone, we deserve him. We, he, he deserves everything we have. And for him to watch every single step we make and every dishonoring, sinful, impure, lustful, any of those sins that Paul listed, for him to watch us make any of those decisions, that has to grieve him so hard. Please don't miss me. God is jealous for your heart. It says that in scripture, God is jealous for each and every single one of us. And the reason for that is because he gave it all. So why are we not giving him everything in return? Jesus didn't come to make us feel good. There's this topic that we've seen a lot in pop culture lately is, oh, if you're feeling this, then that's okay. If you feel that way, then that's probably how you are. If, if you feel like you wanna do that, then do it. Stop living based on your feelings. Feelings are gonna fail you every single time. Rely on the truth that God's word gives us whenever we open it. If you don't know how you're feeling, open this book because you wanna build your life on truth, not on the way you feel. If you live on a feeling, day-to-day -day feeling basis, your mood's gonna change every single day. Jesus came so that we could have the opportunity to go to heaven. Not if we felt good. I don't take that lightly because what God did gave us that opportunity. We didn't deserve it. And as we are about to launch in Missions Week this week, we've heard this message that I've preached to you. A lot of us have heard it a lot of times. But think about the kid in whatever country you can think of. Think about the kid that's never even heard who Jesus is. That's a real thing. Like. It took me a long time to realize that there's people on this earth that have never heard what I just told you. So don't disrespect them either. They would love to know what you know. Live with the burden that Jesus died so that you didn't have to. And don't, take, don't think of burden in a negative way. Instead, carry, carry the burden for those that haven't heard that they don't have to die. Like that's a weight, like that's a big responsibility, would you agree? Like to realize that there's people on this earth that, that don't realize that they can be saved. Like I carry that weight every single day. But live with that, live with that reminder that, that we're not, we never got it figured out, ever. We deserve to die. Live in Colossians 3, if you ever get off, Go back to Colossians 3 because Paul tells us exactly how to live our new life. 
Respect Jesus' death on the cross by the way you live every day. Don't disrespect it. I'm talking to myself too. Respect Jesus' death on the cross. That's a big word. Respect him by what you're watching at home, by who you're talking to, how you are talking to those people. Respect him by the way you understand yourself. Are you happy with the way God made you or are you mad? Are you happy with your identity or are you struggling with it? Are you living in respect of Jesus' death on the cross by the way that God made you, not by the way culture made you? Because culture is going to try to confuse you. God made us sons and daughters perfect in his eyes. He said, let there be human and it was good. He created Adam and Eve and he said it was good. Not pretty good. It was a Morton Steakhouse steak. It was good. This is what I want to encourage you with. I know I've gone at you a little bit. But let this be an encouragement, not a, not a negative thought on your head. Your new life in Christ shouldn't look anything like your old life of sin. And for a lot of us, my hands raised first, our new life still looks like our old life in sin. If we're being really honest with ourselves. There's aspects of my life that still look like my sinful life. But every single day, Colossians 3 reminds me, live the new life, not the old. I heard this on a podcast today. There's this big talk in culture today about relevance. Everybody wants to be relevant. Everybody wants the next thing that's relevant. Oh, I hope I'm relevant to my, pe- to my friends. I hope I'm relevant to, to my social circles. Our old life, I'm going to tell you right now, relevance doesn't matter. Our old life begs for relevance. Our new life calls for anointing. Who cares if you're relevant or not? To my friends in my high school, they'd probably look at me now and say, oh, that's just some guy being a youth pastor. Like, who cares about him? I care about me because I feel the responsibility to share the good news with you. I pray every day, God, anoint me, anoint these students so they can go and share about what you did. And I'm going to be honest with you, that there's going to be times where you're not going to be very relevant because of that. Who cares? We're called to heaven. None of this is going to matter anymore. I would much rather see one person saved and go to heaven with me than have a thousand people following me into death. That's what relevance is. So will you stand with me to, to stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PCYouthSalem.